0: Welcome to Quick Heads, the most intermittent podcast in the universe, and the only one that gets you smartnized. Today's episode, please waste your vote. Before I try and convince you to waste your vote, I wanted to talk a little bit about presidential debates. I've been following politics closely since the days of Nixon, but I've watched very few presidential debates. Why spend an hour and a half listening to two politicians mouth tired old talking points on the off chance that a few minutes of it might be interesting? Even before the internet, i just wait a day, and all the interesting stuff would be in the papers. And in all the time that I've been watching politics, there were only two debate events that were interesting enough for me to remember. The first was Ronald Reagan. He was debating Walter Mondale, and his age was an issue that was being discussed by the public. You already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Mondale. Um, I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba missile crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all, Mr. Truitt, and and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. (laughs) The second interesting thing that happened in a debate was in 1988, it was a vice presidential debate between Lloyd Benson and Dan Quayle. Quayle was answering a question about what he would do if he had to take on the president's role. I have as much experience in the Congress as Jack Kennedy did when he sought the presidency. I will be prepared to deal with the people in the Bush administration if that unfortunate event would ever occur. Senator Benson? Senator, I served with Jack Kennedy. I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. What has to be done? What has to be done in a situation like that, please,
1: in a please, situation again, like you're that,
0: only taking time is to call in right the joint. Your own candidate. That was really uncalled for, Senator. The next time that you're bopping around on YouTube, take a moment to look up both of these clips, because there's a visual component to them that's missed when you're just listening to the audio. In the Reagan clip, he delivered this line flawlessly. He was an actor after all, but he did it with a smile on his face and a song in his heart and not even the slightest hint of malice. And everybody cracked up, including his opponent, Mondale, and the moderator. The moderator lost it completely. It was a really funny line. But it was also masterful politics. Because it took an issue that was a real issue people were concerned about and just batted it aside and said, don't worry about it. And he pretty much killed the issue with that particular line. On the Dan Quayle clip, You want to see the look on Dan's face. Dan is just sitting there with this punch-drunk look on his face, deer in the headlights, that was inappropriate, and seeing the look on his face is really uh, the icing on the cake. You've got to see it. You've got to look it up. In each of these clips, and in just about every presidential debate up until this one, the candidates came across as presidential. Whether you like them or not, they were very smooth and polished and they looked like presidents and they acted like presidents. The debate that we had a couple of weeks ago, though, had none of that. There was no professionalism. There was no class. There was no style. Some people said it was a dumpster fire. Some people said it was a train wreck. At least one person said that it was a train crashing into a dumpster fire, and I think they're all wrong. It was a train carrying a load of flaming dumpsters falling off the trestle because of the earthquake and plunging into the volcano in the valley below. And just as the smoke starts to clear, a giant meteor crashes into the mess. It was just an amazing display of two very incompetent old men yelling over the top of each other. And we're told that these two incompetent, yelling, nasty people are just our best choices out of 325 million people to fill the seat of the presidency. Since the first debate was such a huge disaster, I have a suggestion for how to conduct the second one. Since arguing and debating like grown-ups seems to be beyond either of these two clowns, let's get physical. Let's make it a fight to the death. Each of these two clowns will enter into a pit that's filled with two feet of chocolate pudding. And they will fight to the death. Two men enter, no man leaves. Each candidate can call one two-minute timeout, and that's it. And that's just to stretch things out and make it a little more dramatic and entertaining. Other than each one of them getting to take a break for two minutes, there will be no interruption until the fight is over and one of them is dead. The candidate who wins will receive five minutes of adulation. Picture whichever one you think would win standing knee deep in chocolate pudding while balloons and confetti fall from the ceiling. An orchestra will play rousing, patriotic music while spotlights scan back and forth over his chocolate covered body. People will cheer and scream and shout. And at the end of five minutes, a 400-pound sumo wrestler will come in from the wings, throw the winner face down in the pudding, and sit on him until the bubbles stop. You thought I misspoke when I said two men enter, no man leaves, didn't you? No, no. In my fantasy, a fight to the death is a fight to the death for both of them. Now, this close to the election, there's no time to change the ballot, so people will scramble to figure out who to vote for. Howie Hawkins of the Green Party is only on the ballot in 30 states. Joe Jorgensen from the Libertarian Party is on the ballot for all 50 states. She will win the election and immediately start eviscerating the federal government. She'll end the war on some drugs, eliminate qualified immunity, and bring our troops back home, ending our policy of using the military to meddle overseas. She'll shut down a significant number of federal agencies and go after the rest of them like Wolverine making pulled pork. The quality of life in the U.S. will rise, and everything will be puppies and rainbows, and there'll be plenty of bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches for everyone. Wait, did I go too far? Well, it's just a fantasy, and it's my fantasy. I can do anything I want with it. But let's go back to the real world. And let's go back to why you should waste your vote. We're told by the Democrats that a vote for a third party is a vote for Trump. The Republicans say a third party vote is a vote for Biden. And of course, it's also a vote for the third-party person you vote for. That's three votes for the price of one. The math doesn't quite add up there. Some of you live in swing states that could go either way. So you might want to ignore my plea. But there's only about a half a dozen states where it really is up for grabs between Biden and Trump. But for the rest of us, a third-party vote is the only vote that can make a difference. Democrats and Republicans get on the ballot automatically. They don't have to fight to appear there. This allows them to spend all their resources on campaigning. But every election cycle, third parties have to spend most of their resources just getting on the ballot, and the process is designed to keep them out. They have to gather tens of thousands of signatures following arbitrary rules so stringent that they know that half of those signatures will be disqualified. The rules state that the signatures must be in packets of 10 pages. This packet has 11 pages, so all those signatures are disqualified. They also state that the staple holding them together must be at a 45 degree angle, but on this packet, the staple is parallel to the top of the page, so we're tossing that packet as well. Whoops. We found one invalid signature, so that whole packet gets trashed. These are not exaggerations. Policies like these are in place all over the country. So if you need, say, 50,000 signatures to get on the ballot in a particular state, you better get 100,000 because half of them are going to be rejected. But if a party gets 5% of the vote, they're automatically put on the ballot for the next election. This will let them spend all of their resources on campaigning instead of using them all up just to get on the ballot. The results of most states is predetermined. So voting for either of the main candidates will have no effect on the election, not even a little bit. For example, I live in New York State. All of our electoral votes are going to Biden. Voting for Trump will make no difference. Biden is going to get them. Voting for Biden won't make any difference either. New York City and the plethora of government employees will make sure that he wins New York State and gets all of the electoral votes. But voting for a third party can actually make a difference. If your third party gets 5% of the vote, they'll be relieved of the enormous burden of getting on the ballot the next time around. So, Vote Libertarian if you like freedom and prosperity. Vote Green if you're a fan of socialist dystopias. But whatever you do, don't vote for the Democrat or the Republican, because that will be a truly wasted vote. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you could just see a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations! You've been smartinized! As much of a clown show as this is, it's going to be even worse after the election. Because it's pretty likely that it's going to be very close. And the groundwork is already being laid to turn it into a huge shit show. Both the left and the right, the Democrats and the Republicans, are making noise about ballot fraud, discarded ballots, forgotten ballots, lost ballots, all kinds of things. Now, some of these concerns are legit. Most of them, if you take the extensive time required to research them, are not. But it doesn't matter. Because against the backdrop of all these accusations, the losing side will be screaming and fighting and insisting that it's all a big fraud. Look at the problems we had with one state screwing things up. Remember hanging chads? I never thought I'd miss them. Even the name sounded cute, like a bad grunge band at the local bar. Hey, we're going out to see Hanging Chad. Want to join us? That was, of course, back when we were allowed to go out to bars. And although that particular election, it was finally resolved and resolved correctly, the left is still bitching about it. Now imagine the same kind of thing happening with a half a dozen states in question. I don't think "shit show" is a strong enough word. We need a word that means... Shit show cubed. It is going to be an incredible mess. Because of the intermittent nature of this podcast, and also for technical reasons, I can't really tell how many people are downloading this show, and I also can't tell how many people are listening to it, because I know I probably listen to maybe 25 or 30% of the podcast that I download, and I just let them expire. So, if you've reached this far in the show, please take a moment, drop me a line. It's dave at davehit.com, spelled with two Ts. Let me know what you think. Until then, let me just remind you that the Quick Hits Podcast is a journal of one man's opinion, and therefore should not be taken. Too seriously...